If you live in the South Metro area and have been looking for top-notch customer service, extensive beer, wine, and spirit selections, and unbeatable prices, look no further than Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You won't find a more varied inventory anywhere else. Don't just take it from me, guys. This is Michael, and he's been shopping at Davidson's since they opened. The thing I like about Davidson's versus the competitors, it has a larger selection. And if I am going to buy Spirit, then Davidson's is usually my first choice as well because just of the size of the selection. I also like the extensive selection of some hard-to-find items. But that's not all. Every department is staffed with highly trained specialists who can help you find exactly what you're looking for. I've always found the folks that you chat with to be knowledgeable. I've chatted with the spirit staff about different bourbons and different vodkas, and I am always chatting with the wine staff about different things and saying, I like this, what else do you have that's similar? Particularly when I go to non-U.S. wines, I find them extremely helpful and helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials. And go in the air, deep right center go. field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love Welcome into the BSN Rockies podcast presented by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com. Reserve products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes. Use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Now, let's jump into the show. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of BSN Rockies, and on this episode of the podcast, I've got a few things to talk about, I suppose. Once again, we'll do a little bit of conversation about another tough loss, 2-1. to one. Uh, The Rockies scored a run this time, and it took until the bottom of the 10th for the Padres to put them away, but another lackluster performance from the offense that wastes another pretty solid outing from uh, the pitching all the way around. I'll get into not all, but some of the details of that game. Uh, I do have one email that I want to get to that I think is going to drive the more broad look part of the conversation that we have today. That may be in the second segment. That may be at the end of the first. We'll see how I do in terms of timing here (laughs) with talking about the actual baseball games. We know that's been a little bit weird, but I wanted to begin with what happened when the Rockies actually announced their lineup before the 2-1 to loss to the Padres in the series finale, the game that, that cost them the series, if you're still keeping track of those kinds of things at this point in the season. And I must say, I am rarely bewildered, shocked, surprised outright 
by when the community has a negative reaction to something. Not always. It's happened once or twice, but even when I disagree, even when I vehemently disagree with the consensus, it's rare that, like, I understand the whole Ian Desmond issue, right? Like, as much as I've disagreed at times here and there, and even agreed at times, though people seem to forget there are times I've agreed with much of the critiques of Ian Desmond or any of the relievers, whatever it may be, I've always really understood where it's coming from. Uh, Perhaps the best example of this is the whole narrative about the Rockies won't start their young players and they prefer their veterans. I could not disagree with that more, but I understand from where it comes. I I, I get, you know, the the starting of Ian Desmond last year over Ryan McMahon and some other things and, and, and all of that. Okay. So, so what am I talking about here? What, what is this long preamble getting into? On Sunday afternoon, the Rockies started Drew Butera behind the plate. I thought absolutely nothing of it. Drew Butera is a veteran catcher. It's been a long season. I'll get into, I don't want to give away my reasons yet. I'm, I'm, go, I'm going to justify this here in a moment, but I have to tell you all, I was a bit bemused. I'd, I'd like to find more words to describe. I must have read 50 tweets, 40 of them from people I fully respect and, and think are phenomenal members of the community, baseball minds, people that interact with me every day. And they were all very negative about Drew Butera starting in this game. I said a couple of days ago on the podcast, so if you're a regular listener, I I don't want to preach to the choir at you about how starting any individual game is like getting upset at a player for starting the second quarter of a particular NBA game or a particular NFL game. Like, guys have to rest veterans are going to play we've had the general conversation about this but let's get into some specifics because in those 50 tweets that i read not one ladies and gentlemen boys and girls children of all ages not a single one of them mentioned peter lambert now at least 20 of them mentioned brain surgery right and jeff comments uh, Jeff, Jeff comments, Jeff Breidich's comments. <laughs> we should just start calling him Jeff comments. Fair enough. The Jeff comments. I get it. I get why you're frustrated about that. Maybe not you listening or, or but the people out there tweeting about it. At the same time, Peter Lambert did throw five innings, five hits, one run, walked three, struck out four against a Padres team who's not been super impressive on offense lately, and they did just get mostly bested by Jeff Hoffman, though they won that game and and beat the day before. And it is a pitcher's ballpark, and maybe we'll have time to jump more and more into that conversation later. However, and this is not to suggest, and the reason I didn't dig into this on Twitter, I almost sent out a tweet that said, how is everyone leaving Peter Lambert 
and the idea of bringing in a veteran catcher to try to help this young kid who struggled all year through a lineup, through his day of work, through whatever else Peter Lambert may be dealing with, and just another guy who can do all the veterany catcher things behind the dish that Drew Butera can do. And the reason I didn't send out that tweet is because I knew invariably someone would reply, are you suggesting that Dom Nunez can't do all of those things? And of course I'm not. But right now at 24 years old, there there is no bigger proponent of Dom Nunez in the media than me. There just isn't. Since the beginning of his career, I am a believer in Dom Nunez. Nobody thinks he should be playing every day more than me. That's not what this is about. What I find fascinating is the number of people who and and this is why sometimes the team doesn't listen to whether it's the media or the fan reaction on Twitter because it's so disconnected from the number of things that they have to consider Drew Butera started on Sunday at least largely in part to help out Peter Lambert. Other things that you may not be aware of. Dom Nunez has caught a ton of innings this year. Yes, we've barely seen him at the major league level, and if that's all you've seen, you might not think that the young man is overworked, but he's had a long an arduous season. Drew Butera was brought to the 25-man, or I guess now that we're, it's not the 25, the major league roster. I was thinking of the major league roster, the 25-man, because that's typically what it is. Here in September, with it expanded for the last time to 40, Butera is on the roster to spell those guys and give veteran support where it's possible to give veteran support. So, no, I'm not saying that I think Dom Nunez could not have caught a good game or helped out his buddy Lambert. I've spoken glowingly about the work that Nunez has done with Tim Melville, and I believe that to be a real thing. But it's not always a, well, one guy's good and one guy's bad. Sometimes two guys work better together. We saw it all last year with the way that Herman Marquez worked much better with Tony Walters behind the plate and Kyle Freeland worked much better with Chris Iannetta behind the plate. And now we've seen um, Freeland transition a bit here and get more used to pitching to Walters, and he's pitched to Nunez throughout his minor league career. So it's not that oh, well, if I'm saying Butera's in there to help Lambert, nobody else could have, or that means that he doesn't get along with Nunez or something. No, 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 it's none of those things. It's another look for the young. They're trying to help Peter Lambert succeed. The most important thing, and and this is what's part of the frustrating part to me because it seemed like people were taking the lineup on one day of a 162-game season. As I've talked about, like, seeing the people that come out on the court at the start of the second quarter and getting upset about it. It's it's one game. Whether it's Dom Nunez need a little bit rest, maybe we don't know. Maybe he's a little bit banged up. If he's not 100%, there's no reason to have him out there. But beyond that, 
whether it's overexposing him to a left-handed pitcher, which the Padres were throwing on Sunday afternoon, or if it's the other, quite frankly, far more important aspect of helping, trying to find a way to get some positive momentum for Lambert. We all do this in our normal lives, right? This isn't rocket science. You change things up. I hear fans say this all the time. People like to quote, uh, it's oftentimes misattributed to Einstein. I think it comes from Alcoholics Anonymous. Whatever it is, the, the old, if you keep trying the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, that's the definition of insanity, right? It's not really the definition of insanity, but it's a... I think a nice little colloquialism to help us understand kind of crazy behavior. So fans will come out and say, well, Peter Lambert hasn't had a good go of it. You know, he had a couple of nice starts at the beginning of his major league career, many of them against the Cubs, but since then <laughs> he's been not good. And and I haven't worried about it, quite frankly, because he's 22 years old and he's going to use all of this as a learning experience. He's a strong, capable young man. So I'm not concerned about him. But at the same time, I can understand the Rockies going, we want him to end his season on some positive momentum. We want to give him every chance to find some success, get the feel of success in his feet, in his fingertips, as he goes into the offseason prepared to attack 2020. And let's try giving him a veteran catcher who's got nine years of major league experience. This is another thing that blows me away when people want to make a joke out of Drew Butera because he's got a bad batting average. By the way, how ironic is it that Drew Butera drove in the only run the Rockies scored in the game? Not that it matters, but this wasn't about the Rockies showing that they don't really have faith in the young guys and them benching Nunez or, for that matter, Tapia or anybody you want to see play in the outfield. As I've said a few hundred times on the podcast, they're going to keep playing the vets, but that this wasn't even that. Peter Lambert had his best game in a while and you can't you just can't separate a pitcher from his battery mate can't do it and again that doesn't mean that the next time out it couldn't be Nuñez but they wanted to give Peter Lambert and I wasn't there I'm I'm still here in Colorado I'm not in California I wasn't there but I'll ask him off record and if I'm wrong I'll come back and tell you. You have to believe me, you have to trust me. If I'm wrong I will come back and tell you, but I will ask Bud Black off record. How much of starting Drew Butera on Sunday had to do with trying to put Peter Lambert in a position to succeed? I'm going to guess it's between 60 and 80% of the reason they decided to start him. And I didn't see one person who was going on and on and on and on and on. And there were people who were irate for the entire afternoon about this because they thought it spelled some kind of hypocrisy that the Rockies weren't truly playing their young guys because Nunez should start every single day. Again, I'll check with Nunez when the team gets back in town, see if he's 100%, see where the team is at on all of this. We also need to see the rest of the month play out to see how the innings are actually allocated instead of, getting upset over individual starting lineups on any given day. But as it turned out, they got 
five innings of one-run baseball out of Peter Lambert, which he very much needed. And that was probably the most important thing that happened out there on the diamond from the Colorado Rockies' future perspective today. Solid stuff from the rest of the bullpen. DJ Johnson got into a little bit of trouble there, got a couple of outs, put a couple of base runners on to load them up. Brian Shaw got the big strikeout to get out of that, worked another inning. He actually looked really, really good. Estevez was good in his inning of work. Of course, they gave it up there with the young guys, uh, Tinoco, walking Machado there at the end, Howard walking Hosmer on four pitches, really was the kind of cardinal sin. When you're coming in to get one batter, that's the thing he's going to need to learn at the major league level. You don't really do that in the minors, come in to get one batter. When you come in to face Eric Hosmer left on left, uh, you can't walk him on four pitches. That's something he's going to need to learn more about how to attack that type of at-bat. Almonte made an okay pitch. Gives up the base hit up the middle to Myers to end the game. You, you live with that. Again, it was another story of my my little bit of actual game analysis here. Offense got to do better than that. Got to do better than one run on four hits. And again, it was an 0 for day for story. It was an 0 for day for Nolan Arenado. Uh, one hit for Daniel Murphy. But it was Pat Vileka. And Drew Butera, who brought in the run. So no amount of finger-pointing allowed for your Colorado Rockies offense. Interesting day at the ballpark. But those are my thoughts on the whole, if we want to call it Drew Butera gate. I would, like I said, I, I don't know if all of you saw the same thing and felt the same way or, or if you were more on my side. But I was just surprised by the number of people who seemed legitimately irate over a single-day decision that seemed to me from the very beginning targeted at helping the starting pitcher try to get the best out of himself that day. And it also seemed to work. And I'm not sure how many folks noticed. So I wanted to point that out. Uh, I also wanted to point out that the absolute best beer that you can get is from Breckenridge Brewery. Of course, you know that. But if you haven't tried the Strawberry Sky, you're really doing yourself a disservice unless you absolutely can't do fruity beer or anything that kind of tastes or smells a little bit like fruity beer, in which case the Avalanche Amber is an absolute steady choice for you. Cannot recommend it highly enough. It's coming up on uh, a little bit cooler times. We felt it here in Boulder today. It's cooling off. College football is going on out there. Uh, the NFL has started, or so I've heard a rumor, and that must mean it's time to start drinking stouts and porters. You can get the vanilla porter or the oatmeal stout from Breckenridge Brewery. Those are two of the best staples of a winter beer drinking season. Those of you who are Avs fans, I got to imagine those got to be your go-to uh, winter drink. See, I just want to say summer every time. I want to say summer drinking beers because that's what we do over here in baseball world, but it's getting to be winter drinking beer time, and so it's time for those Breckenridge Brews, Vanilla's 
porter uh, oatmeal stout. I think I did that backwards, but you know what you're going to get. Uh, have a good time out there. And also make sure that you get over to bsndenver.com. You check out our events calendar. You see when the next time we're going to be having a watch party or a pub crawl is. I'm going to try to be out there at some of these. Maybe one or two you guys who are also Avs fans can sit with me and explain the game of hockey because I don't fully understand it yet. I'm starting to get it, but I, I'd really enjoy some of that. That could be a lot of fun. We'll sit. We'll have some Breck brews. You can school me uh, just fully and completely because A.J. Hayfley doesn't have the time. He's very busy as, as the abs are playing. So, All right, got to take a quick break here. We'll come back on the other side of it. I want to get to this email and then a little bit more about the broader look at where the Colorado Rockies are at, where they're headed, and why you as a fan can still gain something from watching these games down the final stretch. Hey, if you're like me and you're trying to figure out how to be a mature, refined adult or you just really like wine, you have to check out my friends over at Weinster. Weinster is an innovative online direct-to-consumer wine club connecting wine drinkers with more than 110 of the best wineries in America today. What makes Weinster special is that the majority of wineries they work with are too small to attract the attention of retailers, meaning not only are you getting access to some delicious and hard-to-find wines, you're also supporting real people making real wine, not one of the few large corporations producing most of the wines available in stores. With Weinster, all you have to do is sit back and relax as they curate a hand-picked shipment from the best small wine producers in the U.S. Then, when you fall in love with a couple of wines, as a club member, you can have them sent right back to your door with no shipping cost. I especially love Weinster because it was founded by three CU Boulder alums. So sign up today with the code BSN25 to get $25 off your first shipment of wine and start being a real grown-up. That's W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R. Strava Craft Coffee offers CBD-rich, hemp oil-infused coffees. This 5280 Editor's Choice for Top Coffee Roaster is an essential part of the day, helping you wake up, fuel up and achieve your goals it gets me up it gets me going I, i'm like i'm becoming pretty pretty caffeine like uh tolerant so they're stronger like so it actually wakes me up and gets me going get a bag of this award-winning coffee at stravacraftcoffee.com welcome into the bsn rockies podcast presented by the green solution Wanted to jump back in here to some of the Rockies talk with an email I've been holding on to for a little while. I wanted to rate it at just the right time. And with the team finishing an extraordinarily frustrating road trip, coming after an extraordinarily frustrating homestand in preparation for what I imagine will be one final extraordinarily frustrating homestand. And I will be there for at least eight, if not nine of the nine games on this last really big homestand, I felt like this was a good time to take a step back and because there's several topics in this email. So I want to read through it, but I'm also going to stop and do a little bit of my own thoughts as we go through. It comes from Laurel, who's emailed in before, and I appreciate it. I appreciate you listening, Laurel. She says, oh, and first of all, she she noted that she tried to leave this comment on the site. 
and received a notice that said, Cookie Nonce is invalid. She says, I'm not sure what that means, and Laurel, neither am I. I will see what that means. If anyone else has gotten that, please let me know. Uh, I will do what I can to rectify that situation. So she says, uh, here was the comment. Drew, you asked for reasons to keep watching the Rockies at this point of the season. I've asked myself that more than a few times, and I've considered taking the magnetic game schedule off my fridge. Even that symbol, even that image is sad, isn't it? But we all we all know exactly what she means. She says, though, but when I know they're playing, I can't not watch. Uh, this is the first place where I have to stop. I remember one time I had an eighth-grade teacher who I asked one time, why do you teach? And she said, I'm glad that I've taught you what a double negative is. Because I can say, because I can't not teach. And I so understood it. Because I was just getting to that age where you realize how difficult it is. Like how much crap teachers really have to put up with. And, that was, and she understood that that's what I was asking. And it's a similar thing, right? Being a teacher and putting up with a bunch of unruly students or being a baseball fan and putting up with an unruly baseball team. But as Laurel says, I can't not watch. I feel that I owe them my support because I recognize that they have to grind through another month. And I also know that regardless of how this season has gone, I'm always going to see incredible plays by dazzling players, everyone reading this, or I guess listening because you weren't able to leave the comment, uh, knows who I'm talking about. In addition, I might be fortunate enough to watch greatness evolve right in front of my eyes. A breakthrough for a seemingly average player can occur at any time. That is one of the magic, and it's true in all sports, and it's definitely true in baseball and the cool thing about baseball is you can watch it unfold in real time because there are games every day and you can see this start to emerge. And then people who weren't watching when the team was awful next year will say, oh, like we were talking about on a pod, the last podcast that I did. It was, uh, you know, oh, Jeff Hoffman. You know, and maybe that maybe he's not a thing, but by next season, maybe it is. And you're the one who was watching and you can say, well, actually, he made a mechanical adjustment his last five or six, seven starts of the season. He did X, Y and Z. And you can know because you were there. You can watch the player unfold and Laurel's right. You never know when it's going to happen. There have been a lot of interesting things. A lot of people don't know that, for example, Hermen Marquez made his first several starts as a Colorado Rocky. Not starts, I apologize. Appearances for the Colorado Rockies out of the bullpen at the end of the 2016 season. A year where they'd been out of it for the last month plus like they are now. And no one was going, oh my goodness, Hermen Marquez, this guy's going to be the future of Colorado Rockies pitching, but he may well be the future of Colorado Rockies pitching. And there are people out there, I imagine many of whom are listening to this podcast right now, going, yeah, I saw him do that. I watched him pitch out of the bullpen. 
I was there watching those games, even though I didn't mean much, because I wanted to be among the very first to see who could be the next guy. And Herman Marquez has been arguably one of the four or five. He's had probably a top three start to his Colorado Rockies career with Jimenez and John Gray. Yobaldo Jimenez, John Gray, and Herman Marquez. Uh, Jorge De La Rosa and Aaron Cook had phenomenal Coors Field Colorado Rockies careers, but they don't, they were never super dominant. They were very consistent, which is what sets them apart from those other guys. Jimenez didn't have a long lasting, consistent career at all. Um, Cook and De La Rosa are the only two to ever do that. We'll see what the book says on Marquez and Gray when it's written. But Marquez and Gray are right in that category of among, if, uh, I mean, not among the best. They are, with Jimenez, the three best starts to a, a starting pitching career as a Colorado Rocky. Laurel continues, the Rockies are going to turn this thing around and everything will begin to click. I obviously don't know when, but I trust that they will. And I want to be able to say that I stuck with them through the journey, even during the difficult times when nothing was going their way. When I was reading this email, it occurred to me for the first time in my life, because I've heard this before, right? And this is something I think a lot of fans out there have felt. I've felt it before. I felt it for baseball teams and basketball teams. I've felt it for musical acts that I'm a fan of, that I was there when the times were tough. And so that gives you a little extra pride, a little extra honor when they do win, when they do have a great season or a great moment. When I wrote about Raimel Tapia and Dom Nunez when they were minor leaguers that a lot of people were giving up on thinking they'd never make the major leagues, I felt this way, right? And I was writing those things when Dom Nunez was hitting a buck 80 as a rookie in Grand Junction. And Raimel Tapia was getting exposed everywhere for his ridiculous mechanics. So when you do stick by your prediction, your analysis, or just your team, you start feeling that way. But I had never thought of this until Laurel's email. Is there an opposite of this? And if so, is that what we're seeing right now from so many of the highly cynical or critical people about the Colorado Rockies? For you, sticking with them through the tough times means that when they're good, you can have a little extra whatever it is you, you have, whether it's honor, pride, maybe it's even a little bit of gloating. Whatever it is, you get a little bit more because you stuck with the team through the tough times. What about the people who constantly whine and moan and cry even when the team is good? And I'm, I'm I know that I've gone on a little bit about this on the last several podcasts, but until reading this email, my first thought was, honestly, that's one of the things that's great about generally just being an optimist. They say the thing that's nice about being a pessimist is that there are two possibities. You're either proven to be correct and everything was crap, 
or you're pr- you're proven wrong, but everything is nice now, right? You're proven wrong, but in the positive. So cool, great. Wasn't it great to be proven wrong? You'll even see that all the time. That's one of the most common, like it's a nice giveaway that somebody truly is just a cynic who's hedging their bets in this particular way because they'll say, I'd love to be proven wrong. Well, that's an interesting safe haven you've created for yourself. You're either going to be proven right or you're going to be proven wrong in a way that makes you happy. Uh, It's like betting against your own team. It's literally like taking money and betting $20 that the Colorado Rockies will lose. Well, now you're in a lose-lose, but you're also in a win-win because you're either either your team's going to win or you're going to make money, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, okay, but you've also kind of bet against yourself. And so my thought upon reading this part of the email was that's one of the things that's always been a bonus for fans who really do stick through the tough times and keep watching and choose not to get super emotionally negative in these types of times is that they get to be that much more positive when the team wins. And it just now occurred to me that maybe that's part of the reason why some people do remain positive, or I'm sorry, the opposite, why they remain negative when the team performs well. It's the opposite of this exact concept. It's so that they can gloat and talk about how right and smart they were once the team doesn't win, which inevitably they will. It's baseball. Every year, I mean, last year, Yankees fans who are always saying that the Yankees suck got to dance around and talk about how they were right. And so now, even though Rockies fans who have talked about how the Rockies suck for the last two years have you know, been mostly proven wrong, though that hasn't stopped them from saying it. Now they get to come out and say all the same stuff. And I just thought it was really interesting. I've never considered it's sort of like that movie Unbreakable, right? Like, oh, your bones never break. There must be an opposite. This guy's bones break all the time. Sorry if I just spoiled that movie for people. It's it came out in like 1999. But but yeah, it's I think that's a really interesting point there that and I think most fans out there would align with Laurel where you'd rather be in that place where you stick with your team through the tough times as opposed to being pessimistic about your team even through the good times. Uh, But there is an opposite of it. It it finally just all kind of clicked to me. I don't know if the last five minutes of this podcast have made any sense to anyone while listening to it. But in my head, there was this like a whole puzzle piece like clicked into place. And I was just like, oh, my God, it all makes sense now. There are people who literally just operate in the polar opposite of what Laurel is talking about here. And that's why they're actually kind of happy right now that the team is bad. I get it. I get it. She continues. Like I said, this is a long email, and it's why I wanted to do it for a whole segment and and kind of break it down because I had so many thoughts going through. She writes, Because of a casual work retreat yesterday, my husband set aside typical attire of a sports jacket, button-down dress shirt and pants, and opted for his Trevor Story jersey. I'm embarrassed to admit that I haven't worn my Rockies jersey for some time. Hey, it you don't have to be embarrassed. We all, we all deal with the the season in our own ways. Uh, this is the man I've heard say several times: the same fire that consumes wood tempers steel. 
I believe that our Rockies are going to come through this fire more resilient and determined. It's very possible that someday we'll look back on 2019 as the season the Rockies went through the fire and triumphantly came out on the other side, like you, Drew, have said many times about John Gray. Well, it really is the perfect analogy, isn't it, Laurel? And, and, and it works, and your, your uh, husband sounds like a very wise and learned man, is he? Uh, but correct. Uh, it, it is something that I think, and I was talking about on the last podcast in terms of Kyle Freeland, that people haven't wanted to admit because that makes it a far more human story. And you can't just point your finger and say someone made a mistake and screwed up. It's just they had some guys that had to walk through the fire. Kyle Freeland was one of them. Kyle Freeland was the main one. There was some walking through the fire as well for Herman Marquez, uh, early in the season for Ryan McMahon. Uh, there's been constant walking through fire for David Dahl. But I tend to agree with you here. And there's still a lot of work to be done. And they can't just expect, ah, yes, everyone who went through the terrible parts of 2019 will be more resilient in 2024. So let's roll with the same guys. But this is the part that, really struck me and I'm glad that Laurel included it in an email because I know I have a difficult time sometimes convincing people of this but I feel like she stated it so perfectly she concludes with this paragraph perhaps this all sounds too kumbaya that's not my intention I'm as disappointed as anyone that a season bursting with such promise has fallen short of a goal set by the Rockies organization and fans everywhere. But 2019 is only one season, six months. That's simply not enough time to justify relegating my jersey to the back of the closet, which is why I'm wearing it today. Laurel from Logan. Laurel, thank you so much for the message, and you're right. Far too often, people who decide to continue to watch and continue to care and continue to root and scout and wonder and even, dare I say, hope are laughed at or, as you say, treated as those that are just singing some kumbaya or that they're not disappointed. And, and I think that's maybe a part of it I've never really thought about or talked about because, quite frankly, and I know there are people who don't believe this, but all of you listening here, just between us, don't tell anyone, I don't get disappointed over wins and losses. I recognize this is a disappointing season, and I also recognize that I played a part in disappointing some people because I believed that the Rockies, based on my analysis, were going to be very good. And they have not been. I'm sorry to break that news to you here on September the 8th. But you, the fan, who's listening to this in September, despite the team being 147 games out of first place, no chance at a postseason spot. And according to a lot of people in the media, in the blogosphere, on Twitter, in the stadium, 
dire straits lie ahead for them in the future. I am not as much on that train as others. But you're still listening to this, and there are those who might suggest that your continued fandom and participation in Rocky's community is somehow a problem. And that irks me to my very core. And that's why I'm glad that Laurel wrote this and included at the end of it that she is disappointed, as disappointed as anyone, and her hope that the team gets better in the future and her belief in these players on the roster and her recognition that she may owe them something. I like that line early in the in the email where she said, they have to keep showing up, so I feel like I owe them that I keep showing up. I so understand that. My mother, who's listening to this, understands that and raised me that way. And so I so completely empathize with this sentiment. And to think that there are those out there who would say, well, you keep showing up and you keep watching and you keep cheering them on and you you keep saying that they're going to do good things in the future, therefore you're part of the problem. No, wrong, the, incorrect. You are the heroes. You are the ones who make the whole thing work. All of it. From the people selling popcorn at Coors Field to me doing this podcast here, the people who still show up every day are the ones who make it all possible. And so I want to thank you all for me personally because I do recognize that you're all just as disappointed as Laurel in how the season has gone, frustrated, maybe even daily angry about it. And yet, You click on the podcast, you click on the article, you send me a question on Twitter, you email me, drew at bsndenver.com, and you say, I've got some thoughts about the Colorado Rockies that I want to share. And I just cannot thank you all enough for that. It's what makes professional sports work. It's what makes it this weird combination of sport and entertainment and art. It is an art for you. Like listening to jazz. Is it always pleasant? No. (laughs) Baseball is like listening to jazz. I am not the first person to compare baseball to jazz, but that is what we're doing here. This is, it's rough. We can't always understand it. Sometimes it's just too much, but when it's just right, it's the most glorious and beautiful thing in the world. And it's why we all come back and say, what can they do with X, Y, and Z? What's Jeff Hoffman's future? Is Rico Garcia a thing? What is Tim Melville about? How are they doing with these relievers? The reason we keep asking ourselves these questions, the reason you keep listening to this silly little podcast For love of the game. It's the most beautiful, wonderful, glorious, horrible, gut-wrenching, disgusting, perfect game in the world. 
and we are drawn to it like moths to a lamp or one of those things that will shock us to death until we die. And they can pry it from our cold, dead hands. This is the game we love. And it's bewildering to me that anyone should have to justify or think they need to justify their continued, I was going to say patronage of the game of baseball. Is spend your money or don't spend your money. It's not about patronage. We don't buy baseball. We do. We do. I mean, let's, let's all be honest. We also buy baseball, but we live baseball. We are baseball. We feel baseball in our toes, in our fingertips. It doesn't matter what the record of the team is. That's never what's mattered to 80% of the people listening to this. It's important to you. You want the Rockies to win games, and the day they win the big one, many of you listening to this will cry tears of joy and embrace loved ones, and, and this will be a day you will experience in your lifetime. The Rockies will win the World Series, and you'll be beside yourselves and each other. It'll be wonderful. But as Laurel points out, it's made all the more magical and perfect and beautiful by these other times, by this year, by these times we spent together, those of us doing this now, you listening to this now, we're all connected. Not because we decided, hey, somebody's winning a lot. Let's jump on that. And I love bandwagon fans, too. I'm not ruling them out. But those of you who have not canceled your subscriptions, if you're still subscribing to bsndenver.com, reading our articles, listening to the Rockies podcast, you know what Laurel is talking about, what we've all been talking about, what they were so close to in 2007, closer than people realized in 2009 and 2010. Felt like they were building toward again in 27, really on the brink of some th- stuff in 2018, hence the frustration in 2019. But I'm telling you what, there is still a very good chance for 2020 to be a special year, maybe even to be the year. There's so much more that we don't know than that we know. So to wrap it all up, thinking that you know all the reasons why Drew Butera shouldn't be in the starting lineup. (laughs) Not to get back to that point, but it's the truth. Smallest spectrum is Drew Butera starting on a random Sunday in September. Largest spectrum is where are they going in 2020? There's so much we don't know. And it's worth showing up every day to find out just a little bit more. Thank you all for listening to this episode of the podcast. I hope you're following us on social media at BSN Rockies, at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons. 
Give us a like, share, and subscribe on Facebook. Whatever podcast app you happen to be listening to, if you can give us a five-star or one-sentence review, it really does help people to find us. I always have a really good time reading them. They make my heart smile, so that's a good thing as well. Make sure you head over to bsndenvermerch.com to buy one of those super cool kid-crying T-shirts to rub it in the face of all the Nebraska fans who made it so that I couldn't get into a restaurant over the weekend here in Boulder. That was frustrating. And just, you know what, thank you to all of you. Again, I think I said it enough times during the, the whole show there, but you really are absolutely the the light of my life. I am absolutely the Drew of your creaseman. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark. As you guys may or may not know, taking care of your teeth is pretty important. Our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. That's right. You simply have to take care of your teeth for Green Mountain Dental Group to hand over a free Sonicare. Check them out today online or call 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today.